a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of the extended edition of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a getaway Friday. Coming down the home stretch, uh, just nine minutes from now, the great Jeff Kaplan will take the mic and get you home safe and smart on a Friday. Uh, a couple last thoughts here as we come full circle through our day today. Obviously, this has been a tough day uh, and a tough week uh, in the United States of America. We're uh, just six days uh, removed from the tragic shootings in Texas uh, and in uh, Dayton, Ohio. And we've gone through the grieving process. We've been talking about that as we've gone through the week. And so I wanted to end the week uh, with why it matters uh, and this whole idea that uh, that mourning in America, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, uh, can actually lead us to mourning in America, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, mourning. And so it has. It's uh, just six days since uh, all of this began to unravel, uh, these tragic shootings that ended and forever altered lives and families and, and two uh, communities and neighborhoods. And the the process of grieving is slow, as we've talked about during the week, but it's already begun with candlelight vigils and community gatherings. Uh, Funerals are going to start this weekend, and uh, many of those will follow. And collective grieving is important in our nation's darkest hours. We've talked about that this week as well, this coming together uh, that should be the beginning of moving towards uh, brighter and better days ahead. Uh, Really interesting, University of Houston research professor Brene Brown uh, wisely challenged her readers to do this. Show up for collective moments of joy and pain so we can actually bear witness to the inextricable human connection. I love that. Uh, we got to show up for collective moments of joy and pain. They're both important. Collective human connection through gathering and celebration or sorrow is the fabric that binds individuals to each other, to their communities, and to important institutions. Uh, Many of you listened this week and uh, have listened to uh, clips of our interview with Jenny Taylor, widow of Major Brent Taylor, who was uh, tragically killed in Afghanistan just nine months ago. Uh, We talked about the importance of public grieving, and she said something that really struck me. She said it was really a really powerful moment for me when I realized that people in my community, people around town, people in the state weren't just mourning for me because they had heard about Brent's death. They genuinely were mourning with me. I think that's interesting uh, that she was able to observe that, that it wasn't just mourning for her and her seven children, uh, but they were mourning with her. And she expressed that kind of compassion that, uh, you know, you think about the people that were lost in Texas and Ohio uh, and the grief being so public in something that is, for most of us, very personal, very private. Uh, and it's it really is a, a challenge. But here's what, here's what I'm thinking as we come to the end of this week. 
that there is a softening which comes in the midst of public sorrow and suffering. Uh, Abraham Lincoln engaged in those kind of moments, and he filled them with opportunities to summon our better angels, the better angels of our nature, and to inspire the nation to a better cause and a more peaceful path for the country. And so as we look at today in our, our very polarizing, very contemptuous rhetoric of today, it's, it's becoming harder and harder uh, to transform those trying times into better days. It, it's easy, it's really easy to stay angry, uh, to become bitter than it is to, to seek the solace and the strength that comes when we come together uh, as a society, as communities. Uh, and I think that's an important thing for us to really pause and, and think through. Uh, one of the other things in Brene's, uh, Brene Brown's book, the uh, Braving the Wilderness, uh, she said that crying with strangers in person could save the world. I think that's an interesting statement, that crying with strangers in person could save the world. In other words, as we come together in those most human of moments, these moments of tragedy, these moments of, of great grief and sorrow and shock, uh, that there's something to that. There's something that binds us together in a unique way uh, when we really recognize the humanness as well as the divine in the people around us. And so I think it is important that we come together, that we mourn with those that mourn. And it's our duty as members, not of any community or country, but of the human family. And I think it's also incumbent on each of us individually to find meaning in this shared moment of national sorrow and not just to say prayers, not just to have good thoughts, but to act, to act in our own sphere of influence, our own space where we can do good and we can influence the world and make it a little bit better. We can do that. Each of us can do that. Whatever our sphere of influence might be, each of us has the responsibility and the opportunity to make a difference and to move it forward. And to me, that's the principle of the day and the principle of the week is what do we do next? Uh, because again, sorrow is going to be here for a while, uh, but those, those emotions are going to fade and people are going to move on to busy lives and schools coming and fall and all those other things. And then what do we do? Are we going to take this moment of mourning in America and really help drive it to a mourning in America? And that's ultimately the test. All right, as you get ready for your weekend, I'm going to let the great Jeff Kaplan weigh in. Best thing you've ever eaten on a stick. It's Iowa State Fair Day, you know. I'm not really that adventurous. I mean, what I do is I take pictures of the signs when I see the weird things uh. and send them back east and say, hey, look. Look at this. So I don't do a lot of on stick. Yeah. We, we had a new one. One of our texters uh, wrote in and said, how about a gator duck kebab? It's it's called gator bait. Mm. <laughs> that may be the best thing from the Iowa State Fair. That's good eating. <laughs> uh, well, as you get us through uh, the next uh, several hours here, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the so you, you've got uh, 22 out of the 24 Democratic candidates are at the Iowa State Fair today. 
and uh, they'll be speaking at what they call the winged the wingding dinner, wingding dinner at the Iowa State Fair. Uh, you, you're going to have some interesting things to cover, I think, over the next few hours. Is this an event that they do every presidential year, or is it something they do every it is, single year? It's every single year. And so that's often the indicator. If someone is thinking about running for president, even in the off years, suddenly you've got uh, someone showing up at the Iowa State Fair, and everybody goes, ooh, Nikki Haley was at the Iowa State Fair. Mouth dripping with duck gator kebabs. <laughs> with, duck, with duck gator kebabs and, and chicken intestine kebabs on a stick. Uh, so all of those uh, are just fascinating things. But the messaging is going to be really interesting. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, where do they go? Again, it's a, it's, it's a state fair. It's, it's fun. It's kids. It's families. It's community. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where the presidential candidates go, if they can refrain from going after the president or if they can just focus on the negative things in the country or if they really have a a, a real uh, optimistic, hopeful message for the people of Iowa. And duck gator kebabs. And duck gator kebabs. I, Don't miss those. You know, I always it's watch. It's a big deal. Uh, I, I wait with anticipation for the Utah State Fair because some it's of these coming. things do show up. I'm still stuck on the Rocky Mountain Oyster thing. I just, don't go there. I just don't Do not go it. there, not even on a Friday. Jeff Kaplan's coming up right away. He's going to get you home safe and smart. Uh, and uh, I'm going to check out for the weekend. I am Boyd Matheson, the opinion editor at the Deseret News. As always, great to be with you on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. As always, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. We'll catch you on Monday. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.